Listening Dog Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. So with Kelly Brown from Scotland, uh, 64 caps. Kelly, great to see you here playing in this match for Tom Smith. And yeah, I think you're one of the only two Scotsmen playing in this game. How's that come about? Only two Scots. Uh, yes, so they wanted to get a couple of Scots, you know, because as you've said already, it's for Tom and so myself and Ali Hogg are going to pull on the green, which is uh, <laughs> which is going to be weird. Uh, I'm also I'll be wearing Irish kit and I'll be singing the Scottish wow. anthem. So it's going to be very very strange out there today, but it's for an uh, awesome cause. So, uh, Kelly, just uh, with the Six Nations, uh, Scotland obviously beating Italy. Everyone, I think, uh, Minty, my co-host, predicted that uh, Italy were going to win that one. So that was an important win for them, wasn't it? Absolutely. I think in the first two games, so they could have beaten Ireland, you know, they had opportunities. After that, it was the England game, which wasn't really a game, you know, because of the weather. And England were excellent in the set piece and the kicking game. And so, and so although maybe slightly unlucky, there was a lot of pressure on the Scottish guys over in Rome, but they managed to sort of squeeze it out and to get the job done. And hopefully now they can take a bit of confidence into the France game. So from, uh, from well, Scotland, obviously not going to be wooden spoon winners this time, but uh, it's quite interesting. What's your take on the Finn Russell scenario? And uh, Adam Hastings obviously played very well against Italy. He's done really well since he's been in there, but no, no one player is bigger than the team. So it's pretty hard for their coach, Rega Townsend, isn't it? And I suppose a lot of the public and a lot of his lookers on and understand that they, he can't pick him, but it's such a shame. He's such a genius player that they might need. Absolutely, so Finn's a great player. I will say that Adam, I think, has been unbelievable. In the games he's played, he's also a very, very talented player, but Finn is obviously a world-class player. It's tough to say without knowing absolutely what the discussions have been between Finn and the coaches and the senior players apparently got involved as well, so it's tough to say, but at some points... I would certainly hope you know uh, it can be fixed and that Finn can get himself back into the Scotland squad. But as it is of now, if he came in for the final two games, I think he'd probably start on the bench because Adam's been he's been good in the first three games. Just finally, uh, with England at the moment, the Saracens, you had a great time at Saracens with your years there. But uh, with this England team and seeing what's happened with the Saracens players and the Saracens club, obviously disappointed to get relegated. But do you think it's affected this England team in the back, you know, in behind the scenes with so many Saracens players involved and very unsure about their sh- uh, future next year? Again, it's tough to say you know, without actually being in the camp. What I do know is that all of the Saris guys that are in the camp are very, very good professionals. I know that Owen is incredibly, incredibly focused and he's passionate and he's intense about playing for England and about winning for England. So I don't think it'll be having too much of an impact. Brilliant. Thanks, Kelly. Cheers, mate. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter.
So I'm with the man himself, fly off for Ireland, 13 caps. You'll notice from his accent that he's from the deep down south of, uh, West of, of, of West London. Uh, Berkey, good to see you, my man. And uh, so you're playing in this game for Tom Smith, which is absolutely fantastic. But um, obviously Six Nations are on. So what, you know, your times, what, what was it like for you, your first England, your first game against England, obviously being pretty much English through and through, but then going to play for Ireland. So what was it like for you making the switch? Uh, it was, look, I played England schools and uh, actually played with you at under 18 level. And then we actually made our cap, you know, first cap over in Dublin at that time. It was a really windy day, if I can remember, in Lansdowne Road. And, uh, you know, you guys put us to the sword that day. But, you know, it, the transition for me, I was playing at London Irish. Uh, you know, there was a lot of sort of exiles playing for Ireland at the time. Jim Staples, Simon Gagan. Uh, David Curtis was another one that sort of come through. He was Zimbabwean, so so it was it was it was quite an easy decision for me, purely because my family are Irish. You know, I always sort of regarded myself as Irish, but uh, but came through the English school system. So, but uh, the, teams like Ireland do rely on one or two important players like yourselves in your t time era, but also the likes of CJ Stander, you know, from South Africa, and some of the other nations have relied on them. But um, but with Ireland, you know, I, I, this week we heard that. Uh, Bono has gone in there and had a few words to try and, and, and Andy Farrell, their coach, has uh, tried to get them to feel a bit more passionate about for their country. It's quite interesting and getting Paul O'Connell over. It's quite interesting that if any team didn't need that sort of pep talk for you know to be to be sort of loyal and, and sort of passionate is Ireland. But but it seems that Andy Farrell thinks that's important. Yeah, I, I think it's you know I think teams have always in the past have brought sort of celebrities in uh, you know that gives a different perspective on. You know, and sometimes the boys then really appreciate what they're actually what they're doing and the team that they're representing, the country that they're representing, and and like you said, you know, there's you, you, there's no point stoking the fire against England if you can't get yourself up for a game at Twickenham, you know. But you know, it's I think I think it's important because the way the game is now and professionally, you do get really it gets in, it engulfs you and you forget about you know the bigger picture, and I think it's important that. You know the, the players that go out there and play at Twickenham. You know they're representing the country. You know and uh, you know and you know so many of us have sort of been through and played in that green jersey. So uh, you'd be tempted to ask Bono to just you know sing a few lines, wouldn't you? With or without you, or the streets have no name, or whatever, wouldn't you? I mean, uh, who, who would you have wanted to come in to change the room to, to G U up? G, God. I mean, Will Carlin yeah. brought uh, Lady Di many years ago, um, but that was uh, that was slightly awkward coming to change room meeting her. But w w who would you like to have come in? Uh, well, I, to be honest, I remember when when I got my second cap in Cardiff. In those days, the sub sat up in the stand, and I think I, Lady Di was about five rows down from me, sort of thing. So, uh, but look, look, I, oh, it's pretty hard, really, to be honest. To come to think of it, uh, you know, at that time, you know, in mid nineties. You know, there was, you know, there wasn't too many sort of, uh, you know, the I Irish rugby in those days. What, what, you know, we weren't particularly strong. Uh, we had, we had some great times, yeah. <laughs> but uh, probably too many great times. But uh, you know, the likes of yourselves playing for England, and you know, you always sort of seem to have the upper hand on us and yeah. stuff. But we had a big pool of players, didn't we? But I think we probably drank less than you did because you like. Yeah, you but then again, we had quite a good. We had quite a good way of sort of. I think in '94, I think Simon Gagan's try in, in in Twickenham. I was playing. I got dropped after that game. I had a terrible game. I had my shorts ripped off. Paddy Johns will remember that very well. Yeah, and it was uh, Ireland. I think had a. You know, I think they had two years on the trot. You know, where they beat England at Twickenham. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, and then when I, uh, then sort of '96 onwards, I think England seemed to dominate, sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great rivalry, you know. And like you said, there's a lot of boys that have sort of, you know, represented England at sort of youth levels, and now they play for Ireland, sort of thing. So it's. So you and I are slightly reversed because I probably should have played for Ireland, born in Ireland, parents Irish, and you were born in England, played in England, and uh, played for Ireland. So maybe, but we would never, we would never swap our shirts and never swap our times with our countries, would we? No, never, never. Like uh, you know, both my mum and dad. My dad's from Galway, mum's from Kildare. Uh, you know, I think you're from Skerries, aren't they? Right? Yeah. And you know, we both sort of went the opposite way, really. But. I get so much shit when I go back to Scaries. They just, honestly, they just rinse me whenever they see me. The traitor. I can imagine. Yeah. And like, look, I used to get a lot of stick for my Irish accent or lack of it. <laughs> what about, I just ask you about Sexton, who's interesting, um, you know, limited number of uh, games as captain, but uh, he's pretty chirpy with the referee the last couple of weeks. But uh, Sexton's going to be there. Is he going to be there for the next World Cup? Well, that's the big question. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I know they've got Byrne on the bench, who's, who's an up-and-coming 10 uh, I think whether Sexton will be there for the next World Cup, I don't know. Uh, I think you know he's he's the real talisman at the moment. I think when you know the side was going through a, a sort of a poor period of form you know, post World Cup, uh, I think he's started to st stand up, and I think Farrell Farrell's given him the captaincy, and I think that's really sort of given him a real boost. And uh, it's probably something uh, knowing knowing Johnny and the character that he is. Like he's now got that responsibility, you know. He he now he knows that you know Andy Farrell's looking up to him to be the talisman, and he's taken on that responsibility. So uh, my concern is obviously who's coming through next, all right. And when you've got someone like Johnny who's been at the forefront for so many years, it does sort of hinder the development of a young ten coming through, sort of thing. And uh, you know, so I think England are in a similar position with their nines. Yeah. Definitely. You know, like, you know, you know, Ben Youngs and, and Willie Hines, they're sort of in and out this year. You know, the big question is who's coming through? Well, Dan Robson, Ben Spencer's plenty of players coming through, just not got the chance they yet. Haven't got the chance. And as you know, at international rugby, you need to be playing regularly. You know, it's great playing for your club and playing for you in Europe. And but it's a very different ball game when you're in the international arena. And and you need to have games under your belt to establish that experience. Good. Well, have a good night. Cheers. Oh, Cheers, Paul Burke. Paul Burke, 13 Cats for Ireland. Top man. Cheers. Right, cheers. cheers. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The brand new rugby podcast. So I'm here with Lewis Moody, legend of the game, MBE, 71 caps for England. So, Lewis, you're playing in this charity game for Tom Smith for the England Legends against Ireland Legends. So, Mad Dog, are you going to be pretty much like you were in your back in your heyday, just smashing people all over the place? <laughs> no, mate, I doubt it. I doubt it. I think it'll be me getting smashed. If my body lasts more than 10 minutes, I'll be delighted. But I've played in this game a few times now over the years. It has been, well, it's been four years, actually, since I played in the last one. But... I mean, they're a lot of fun, you know, it's like you get to see the boys again, you're nervous beforehand, no one really wants to do it, but then when you get out there, it's like being 18 again, you just want to pile into everything and then they can't get you off. Now that's the thing, I played about five years ago, broke my hand, got knocked out, but I had the best night of my <laughs> life, I think, in Dublin. Um, but, uh, but from your point of view, just watching what's going on with England and Eddie Jones and playing players out of position, so what's your take on Curry then at, at number eight? I mean, do you think it's too soon or does Eddie Jones know better? Um, well, mate, for me, like I got asked to play number eight, haven't been a flanker all my life, uh, in a game for Leicester, and I was so nervous about it. You know, spent a lot of time at the back of a. Uh, we had this sort of scrum machine, so you know, simulating controlling the ball at the base, working yeah, with yeah. a scrum half. I can't remember who it was. Might have been Ben Youngs at the time. 
it's hard, mate. It's really hard. It's a specialist position in my eyes. And I think, you know, I, I would I would have done it for Leicester and I, I wasn't needed in the end, thankfully, because the number eight at the time uh, recovered. But d- doing it for England, I, I just wouldn't have done I wouldn't have been confident doing it because it's it's a specialist skill. And it's you're, you're, actually, you're, right, you're actually quite a similar player, though, to, to Tom Curry, I think, in a way. You, you and your, your build and your style of play. So, it, uh, like you say, it's probably going to be quite hard for him. But mate, he's a he's a phenomenal player. I think he's a world class flanker, open side six, whichever he wants to put his hand to. So are you, by the way? That's <laughs> God. I, I genuinely think he's better than me. But he's he's just more of a an all round athlete. But you watch him play. He's tenacious. He's physical. You know, he's quick. He's got good hands. He spots a gap. But putting him at eight, I think. You know, Eddie's Eddie's philosophy might be just get the best players on the pitch. If that's the case, then yeah. you need Tom Curry on the pitch. You need Courtney Laws, but Courtney Laws is a world-class second row. He's not yeah. a world-class blindside flanker. You know, slightly slower than you'd you'd want one of your back rows to be. So um, it's interesting the way Eddie, uh, you know Eddie's approached it. I would have loved to have seen Alice Genjin there as well. But the back row, you know, when you had Underhill, Curry, and Vunapola there, I mean that is your that's your triumvirate, isn't it? You know, it's reminiscent of you know Hill back and Delalia. You know, just they all complement each other so well. Sadly, when Vunapola steps out, there just doesn't seem to be another eight around at the minute that Eddie trusts enough to put in that position. And what about, uh, how do you think Eddie's going with his team playing players out of the position with, you know, Jonathan Joseph on the wing and Elliot Daly playing full-back and you've got now all the other teams have sort of, I suppose, changed all the backroom staff and the coaching and the players and trying things new. And what, what's your take on this England team at the moment, the way it's going? Um, I, th- I think they're having a little bit of a dip, aren't they? You know, call it World Cup Blues or, or whatever. Um, I think the Saracens fallouts probably affected a few of the lads you know no matter what they say imagine going into a game not knowing where you're going to be playing next year how many games you'll get what club you'll be at you know will you still have a club all those sorts of things got to affect them and I think you know some of them are struggling with it but you know they're professional lads they, they'll try and park that and and get on with the game at hand but they're definitely you know they're definitely not singing and dancing as they were during some of those games in the World Cup but you know Jonathan Joseph's a big I can't remember who's 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 been changed who was on the wing well, uh, you've got a memory like me. No, it was uh, on the, they've, they've put Daly, haven't they? Um, who's gone to fullback instead of George Fur- yeah, Fur- uh, Furbank, and, and uh, I think he's he supposedly got a slight injury, but maybe not. But um, do you think good times ahead for England, or who do you think is going to win this Six Nations? That'd be interesting. This Six Nations, do you think England have got a chance? Or do you think France are going to lose against? Well, where, where do you think where, who's going to win it? Uh, England have got a chance, but you know, I actually. I have Ireland as favourites tomorrow, and England are going to have to play well to beat them. You know, that being said, they could turn up, have the best performance, you know, a New Zealand-esque performance and, and smash it. But France have looked really exciting. I've loved the way, like, the, the rejuvenated sort of, um, you know, Gaultier's put a lot of faith. We've seen an old scrum half partner of yours, right, or playing opponent, whatever you wanted to call him. I'm sure there's a reasonable amount of respect. He's always seemed yeah. like a nice guy, yeah, was he? Yeah, I yeah, think. Exactly. Um, but he's he's put faith in a lot of these young lads. Eleven eleven caps the the captain had, you know, yeah. when he played his yeah. when he, when he got his first uh, game as start as captain. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of faith to put in a lot of young guys, but they're delivering at the minute. So, um, I suppose if if Ireland win tomorrow, it'll probably be Ireland's. But I'm loving this French side at the minute. I agree with you. Well, listen, it's been great talking to you. Uh, good luck. I look, for, look forward to watching you this game. And you're a great player in your career. 71 caps. England miss you. We all miss you. Top man. And uh, thanks for the interview. Cheers, oh, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bud. The brand new rugby podcast. 
Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. So I'm here with Paddy Johns, an old friend of mine. I say friend, but we were the worst of enemies when we first met at Saracens. But first of all, in 1994, my first time I got dropped was actually after that game. England against Ireland, 1994, Paddy Johns. Tell me about the team talk you had the night before that match and about what was said about me. Well, <coughs> we had a wee... Um, forward meeting the, the day before and Willie Anderson was the forwards coach so Willie got us in a wee huddle and um, your name came up Kieran. it was um, went like this Kieran Bracken Irishman playing for England he's a traitor <laughs> so um, um, and Willie is quite loud quite vocal so the following day on the match when um, I think one of the first lineouts was tapped back on the English side and badly and you had to go down on it yeah. I think all the forwards, Irish forwards, had Willies shouting <laughs> in the back of their heads, traitor, and we just ran over the top of you. I think you, you lost your shorts. I lost my shorts. It was so embarrassing. The ball was taken off me, and I basically I looked down. And when this is when rocking was really allowed. You kicked the living shit out of me. And then I got up, no shorts, and as I was running back, I saw Simon Gagan scoring in the corner. That was the longest day of my life. But I have to say that when you came to Saracens, I was scared of you. I was genuinely scared of you uh, because of that game. And you didn't speak to me for a while, but then we became, we, I, I like to say we became best of friends. And you became literally my enforcer on the pitch for Saracens. Did you enjoy those days? Saracens was, was a, a great time and a great family, but I actually thought that you weren't speaking to me because, <laughs> because, we, kicked the, because we kicked the crap out of you. But um, so, no, that, that, that was good. That was a great time. And um, um, as, you, as you well know, everyone's still good friends. And it's a great club, good family club, and fantastic part of my career. Yeah, and so what about uh, internationally now, just looking the way things are going? So what's your prediction for the winner of uh, this Six Nations? Ireland going well. England have a chance to, to go in and, uh, you know, uh, to, to actually win a Grand Slam. Let's go. Oh, someone's singing. Let's go inside and keep track. We'll get back inside. So, Paddy, um, so what do you think? And you'll like this. In the background, there's the English national anthem <laughs> just to wind you up. So this Six Nations, uh, who do you think is going to be the winners and losers? I don't know. I think um, defensively, France. Sean Edwards has done a good job in France. Um, it's it's like you know, it's very hard to call. It really, is. I'm sitting on the fence here a bit, but um, I think Ireland's got the momentum going into tomorrow's game, and I think I think we can win the Triple Crown. But um, France is, a, is another tough, tough prospect. Again, if England turn up, you know, easily can win at home. Very hard to beat. So. It's going to be a very, very close one to call. It's, I'm sitting on the fence here. Sorry, Kieran. You're sitting on the fence. And the, my favourite thing about this interview of all these years, I never thought I'd get to interview with God Save Our Gracious Queen in the background. Paddy, you're a legend to play with. Lovely man. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Kieran. Cheers. Rocket. Kieran Bracken. Nick Easter. The brand new rugby podcast. So I'm here with Shane Byrne, legend of Irish rugby. 41 Cats for Ireland. Lions Tour. This guy was an absolute legend. Played at Saracens with me. And the great thing is... Years later, he still kept his hair, and here he is, still with the mullet, me with all my hair falling out. So Shane Byrne, uh, lovely to play alongside you. I hate playing against you, but you were there for that 94 game where I got my shorts ripped off. Paddy Johns was talking about it earlier, and, yep. uh, and, and we lost. So that was the first loss in years and years. Do you remember that day well? I do indeed, yes. Uh, we never really knew what we were going to get when we were going over, but we knew we had a, a good win in us and uh, a good performance and we certainly got that day and uh, a lot of attention was paid to yourself 
<laughs> you were you were discussed at length uh, before the game. The night before, apparently, Paddy yeah, said. Yeah, exactly, and and all the attention you deserved it, every little bit of it. <laughs> so let's just talk about uh, Ireland at the moment, and uh, with with Andy Farrell as coach, and so so bizarre playing against his son, and uh, or, or coaching the team mm. playing against his son. But um, do you see a change in this Ireland side? It seems to be people talking about paralysis by analysis under Joe Smith. You know, maybe it ran its course. Quite exciting why Ireland are trying to play. Do you think that's feasible against teams like England and France and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think you're definitely seeing a change. Um, I suppose the, the shackles have got, been taken off the guys a bit. Joe Schmidt was, listen, he was what he did for Irish rugby was just immense. But it had served his time. And 2019 obviously was pretty bad. And a lot of the guys say that the, the new setup, it was a better way to do it with Faz getting promoted from within that is not a complete new change guys are familiar with the setup and they just you can see it that they're freer and there's a lot more expanse to the game and guys seem to be really reveling in it and what I suppose has happened with Ireland as opposed to England for the Six Nations so far is that we're definitely improving it's it's an upward curve of improvement and you know, we got through. Look exciting with the ball, don't you? And, yeah. and the thing about the Irish, which I always I didn't realise till years later, is their skill level is very high. Not just because they're good rugby players, but because they're great hurling players, great yeah. Gaelic football players, great in the air, yeah. great kicking ability, and yet they sort of went to a more of a forward attacking, just one out rugby. And yeah. now you see the back three with Lama and Stockdale and Conway, and they seem to have balance now and experience with Conor Murray and Sexton. So it looks quite an exciting side. The only, the only thing is, though, is it is it a case of you you know you peak between World Cups? Yeah, well, look, listen, we we've never been able to tie the World Cup runs together. I, the problem is, Ireland is such a small country. We still concentrate very much in Six Nations because we need the the money to come in. We need the coffers, so the the attention is always there. But the Leinster are shown the way of having are exercising a massive squad. And making it work, and it's starting to filter through into Ireland. That you know, you're you now, if if a couple of guys get injured, it's not the end of the of yeah. the world. It's it's we're able to carry, you know, difficulties through like that, and you can see the way the guys are playing. Like Larmer is one of these kids that just has burst onto the scene, and one of these guys able to change direction ninety degrees without slowing up it's quite, do you know what I think it's quite interesting that you seem to have borrowed all these English coaches you've got Andy Farrell you've got um, you've got Lancaster you've got Roundtree they're all over there yeah yeah and listen but and they're loving it Lancaster I suppose is the, is the greatest example it was actually Leo Cullen himself who, who made that phone call to get him to come over and um, the two of them are absolutely reveling it Leinster really is one of the powerhouses um, in rugby in Europe at the moment, and and it's because of the two of them. They just the competition within the squad is absolutely immense. There, it really, really is, and you can see all these players coming up onto the onto the Irish side from what they're doing at Leinster. And so you enjoying life after rugby? This Legends game that you're going to get involved in. So you've had a, last year, you won this year. Yeah. You should win tonight. Is that right? But it's more about the celebration and having a couple of beers with old mates, isn't it? Yeah. And, the, and the nice thing is, at least everyone recognises you on the pitch with that <laughs> mullet, which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Um, listen, it's a great thing. We've been doing it myself and Lendonine organise it, and um, we've been doing it for twelve years. We've raised uh, over one point two million sterling for charities so far. And this year there's a particular um, uh, need and cause with Tom Smith and um, unfortunately his diagnosis with, with cancer 
and um, we're going to take care of him and make sure that uh, a lot of the money that we raise goes to him this and, and that's what this is about like look at it's it's a great excuse to see friends and to have a few beers afterwards but there's still we got to get out there and still win the game so it's a great thing to come along to and people are very very entertained because you don't want to well, lose to England well, for the love of God no exactly for the love of God well I'm looking forward to fingers crossed next year I'll get my body right and I'll be playing against you over in Ireland cheers Shane Byrne thanks mate awesome.